Have you ever had a moment in your life where you did the thing you were supposed to do? (laughs) Never. (laughs) Maybe like a moment where you saved the day or made the absolute right decision in the face of a challenge, where you did something you knew deep in yourself was the right thing, even if it was hard. I bet you have. Or, if you can't think of one, maybe it's easier to identify if you think about a moment when you didn't do that. A moment where you could have, if only, well, if only something had been a little bit different. I had a moment like that second one in eighth grade. I was a pretty bookish child, socially behind, in a lot of ways, where my female peers in eighth grade were thinking about boys and makeup and fashion, I was still playing make-believe and using my imagination. But I had one friend, let's call her Martha, and she was like me. So while other girls were forming cliques and having sleepover parties and doing whatever it was popular girls did several decades ago in middle school, We were reading books in the library, and we spent a lot of time talking about how exactly someone got popular. But then I got a shot at it. I was invited to join a group of girls who were lower tier popular. The only catch, I had to dump Martha. And I did it. I ended my friendship with the one person who had never teased me or shunned me or thought I was weird because of all the big words I liked to use. I still regret it. And later, I paid for it. My new group of friends got tired of me and kicked me out before the academic year was done. Martha would not take me back. And I spent the end of middle school completely socially alone. It's quite the cautionary tale. I was a good kid. I should have had what it takes to do the right thing. But at that point in my life, I just didn't. I'd been waiting so long for my moment in the sun to arrive so I could be a person with more than just one friend at school. I wasn't ready. I didn't have the life experience or moral fiber or courage to do what even then I knew was the right thing. Our gospel lesson this morning is at its heart about this question of how to be ready for something we can't prepare for, something we don't know is coming, something we might not recognize. How do we get ready for God and for God's kingdom? Really, how do we even know what that is or when the kingdom gets here? This is one of the things we're invited to think about, to ask of this gospel. What is God's kingdom? How do we know it when it does arrive? It's a weird story, this parable of the ten bridesmaids. Ten bridesmaids are sent 
inexplicably out into the middle of the night to wait for a groom who is late. Five of them bring lamps, but do not think to bring oil. The other five bring both. They all fall asleep. And then in the middle of the night, the bridegroom arrives, and the five wise maids are able to light their lamps, while the five foolish ones are not. The wise maids refuse to share their oil, leaving the foolish ones to go out and get some, missing the bridegroom, and eventually being shut out of the wedding feast. This provokes many questions. Why was the bridegroom so late? Why did it take so much oil to light his way that the five wise bridesmaids could not share theirs? Why, at the end of the tale, does this mysterious Lord refuse to open the door? And why is the neat little moral provided to us at the end, keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour? Why is that how it ends, when in the story, everybody falls asleep? Before we try to get inside the parable, there's a few things I want you to know about its context. This is the Gospel of Matthew, and Matthew was writing to a community of Jewish Christians. One of the things these Jewish Christians were probably struggling with was an unfilled expectation that Jesus would return within their lifetimes. The very first Christians, the people who knew Jesus during his ministry, and the Apostle Paul, they all expected Jesus to come back within a few years of his ascension. So underneath this parable, there is this question of what a faithful person is to make of waiting for God, and how to get ready for a God who shows up in a different way than what you are expecting. Just before this parable, Jesus tells another parable where a landowner comes early and catches his tenant unprepared. God is not predictable. These parables tell us. We can't know what God is up to. So how do we wait for God? The Gospel of Matthew asks us. Well, we do it with oil in our lamps. We try to be prepared. Probably at some point, all of us fall asleep. The second thing about Matthew is that when we read this Gospel, especially these parables, it can seem very concerned with insiders and outsiders. Five bridesmaids get in, five are left out. I don't know about you, but this is not how I experience Jesus or the Christian faith. So it's helpful for me to know that this story is for insiders, for members of God's Christian community. The Gospel of Matthew is written for a community that's working on how to belong to itself, and to God, and is in this tender place of trying to figure out how to do all that in a faithful way, especially when things are not going as planned. So just notice all the bridesmaids are in the wedding. Just some of them don't get to go to the feast. So how do we get ready for an unpredictable God? How do we prepare ourselves to be Christians in a world that really we cannot prepare for? We never know what is going to happen out there.
How do we fill our lamps with oil so we can be providers of life and light when something new from God does show up? And what do we do if and when God shows up and we can't, when we don't have the oil we need to really shine? Well, one of the answers to all these questions is right here in this room, at this table, and in this way of being community together that we call church. We do all this, the worship, the singing, the praying, the loving each other, eating food together, all the things we do here in this place, we do it because we love an unpredictable God in a world that is impossible to prepare for. And in order to be the people God calls us to be here, we need oil. We need the warmth and strength of prayer, sacrament, songs, reading, laughter, and most of all, each other. Matthew's community was lonely and longing for someone who, in their view, was taking a long time to show up. I want to suggest to you this morning that Jesus has already shown up. And he shows up again and again in our unpredictable world. Jesus shows up in the opportunities we're given to show compassion to each other and to ourselves. God shows up when we are challenged by people and situations we don't want to be awake to. God shows up in other people, in our children, when they're placed in our arms and then over and over as they grow and change and challenge us. God shows up in all of God's creation, from middle schoolers to elders, to neighbors that don't have food, to this whole planet whose ability to care for itself is fading faster than we're ready for. God shows up, and this parable begs the question, Will you show up? Will you meet God's kingdom in the places where you have that opportunity? And when you do, will you have oil with you? Will you have courage to risk your own comfort to help someone else? Will you have the strength to recognize that you need to act? Will you have the compassion to love whoever shows up in your life, ready or not. Because that's the kingdom of God. It's us recognizing our Christ and responding to our God in the world we already have, in the lives that we already lead, with the hearts we prepare each week at this table together. So come and eat. Prepare your hearts and fill your lamps, and then go meet God, God who is both early and late, God who has already shown up in you and in this wild and unpredictable world, and God who is always just about to arrive.